Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast. I'm your host, VR1. Welcome back home because this is where we live and this is what we do. Please grab your drinks, grab your popcorn, whatever makes you relax and come, whether it's a cup of tea, whether it's a cup of joe, whether it's a glass of fine wine, this is your world and your universe, and I'm just a guest in it. Um, We want to pick up, ladies and gentlemen, right where we left off in our last segment, our last episode, which was great. It was a great success. I'm almost done with my coffee, and um, we're going to start exploring the why. Why was I able to reach that breakthrough where I realized, I finally realized, like, yo, I had other disciplines and other reasons to understand that whatever you gain materialistically or financially, it's just a byproduct, right, of, I guess, the original focus, but in this particular moment, that I was describing in in our last episode. That's when I finally realized, like, yo, you know what? Does it come from the learning curve? Is it when a Tom Brady meets, you know, a Robert Kraft and maybe sees Robert Kraft's lifestyle where they fully understand, you know, not the spoils of success, but the true definition. I'll give you another example. When Patrick Bat David from Valuetainment interviewed Ray Dalio, I was amazed that that even happened. But I was more so intrigued by how much more Ray Dalio was conservative and reserved. While Patrick Bad David was so eager to out-talk him, to out-speak him, asking weird-ass questions, interrupting at almost every interval. And yet, Ray Dalio, obviously the more successful man, was so easily able to pull out his ninja blade and just use his katana sword and, and, and his shoto and his daito and just slice all the negativity and all the bullshit and just say, listen, I'm beyond your spectrum of success. My concern is legacy. I believe, I believe he's reached a moment in his life where he realizes that his time on this earth is not guaranteed. And he wants to leave behind a legacy of understanding. Meaning, he's more concerned with what he leaves in the forever realm, in the heart and mind of human beings, than any materialistic plaything that he may have acquired over the years. If that makes any sense, I want 
all of us to emphasize and focus on that. When are we going to allow ourselves to focus on legacy goals? Legacy goals are beyond our lifetime. I believe that that's a sign of maturity. And I also want to thank Eric Thomas for for bringing up that concept in such a basic way with such clarity that any human being could fully grasp it within a few sentences. Because what happens is, I guess it boils down to perspective, how we may see something in one spectrum, right? As far as life, as we grow older, we're naturally more gifted because we're more experienced, right? So we see things differently. We quickly learn not to make the same mistakes. We easily have the ability to adapt, you know, and change, I guess, our approach, change our momentum by shifting with the winds as they change. That's good for business. But here, we're more focused on life. You know, it's good to shift in business if the printing press is going out of style and everything is digital print, right? It's easy to adjust and pivot to that, right? But in life, it's a challenge, sometimes hard, sometimes easier for others, depending on how much discipline you have to focus on legacy goals versus the byproducts of it. You see, very rarely do we address the root cause of a problem, which is the true cancer, and we focus on its symptoms, the things that come afterwards. So we think that success is the byproduct instead of focusing on happiness, which is the root cause of those materialistic things. You see, if the business is so so successful and money is saved and invested properly, it's only a matter of time before you have more choosing power, where you get to say, okay, you know what? I think I want to live in Hawaii this year. You understand me? And that choice may be available every three, four years. But then the time, the incremental time decreases. You may say, well, every three years, I'm going to select a new place to live. And then that goes down to one year. And then it goes down to six months. Then it goes down to every three, four months. So now you find yourself in a situation where you're financially able to say, you know what, these three months, I'm going to live off the coast of France. In the next three months, I'm going to live um, in, in Italy. And the next three months, I'm going to live in Germany. And the next three months, I'm going to travel to the Caribbean. That's very hard to do when you're tied down to principles and values that keep you stationary. Where you feel that, man, I need to pay off this $20 million house. 
whereas if you owned a million dollar house you can have 20 one million dollar houses all over the world and you can just travel the world that freedom comes with an understanding that somebody that feels that they have something to prove to society is not going to be able to relate to why because they're so focused on well i need a house in malibu and it has to be 20 million dollars and and i have to be part of the entertainment industry's elite versus somebody that has real wealth generational wealth understands the power that you can obtain from a global international perspective by being able to live in Europe and live in Asia and live in Canada and live in the Caribbean and live in the United States but be able to adjust their environment as they're growing through life not going through life not powering through life but growing through the process it's that process that gives you that perspective and sometimes less is more let's go back to sports cars the reason why lotuses are formidable cars on a racetrack the reason why so many people race like mazda miatas is because they're very small very light very agile not necessarily underpowered but just with enough power to deliver performance where if you have a really really talented driver he could do amazing things on a racetrack without having the biggest engine etc etc so in finances think about it that way I used to always say a person make a minimum wage with excellent credit and excellent business savvy and financial savvy will live a better lifestyle than somebody that makes a hundred thousand a year and is piss poor horrible with their finances it's not because of the power that you get from making a hundred thousand dollars a year it's because of the discipline that is required to sustain that anybody can make a hundred thousand in one year but can you make it in two years can you make it in one career can you make it in one company can you make it in one business that's very hard to do consistently unless you're working for a corporation and you're on salary and then that's different maybe you're you have a specialized trade you know but if you make a hundred thousand dollars and you spend a hundred and fifty thousand a year you're putting yourself in fifty thousand dollars worth of debt every year some people spend more I'm just giving you a small example so somebody making twenty thirty thousand a year with perfect financial sense may be able to live off twenty thousand and may be able to save five to ten thousand each year so uh, Entrepreneur number one is positive ten fifteen thousand per year. Entrepreneur number two is negative fifty thousand per year. This is on a personal level. This is not even in business because if you have that mentality for your personal life, you'll have the same mentality in business. So those two things correlate. Your business life, how you manage the business that you're building or managing um etc is the same way that you kind of manage yourself so i'll ask you a question for all my entrepreneurs since we're doing the psychology series and the mentorship series together why would you spend the overhead of fifty thousand dollars a month to have a fancy building in downtown um of any metropolis 
when maybe you could spend um, 5000 in five different locations all over the world what kind of advantages would your corporation have your company your product your service if you're strategically placed in all the major cities of the world how could I justify to myself or potential investors that it's more savvy to have one big office in let's say a New York City than have five offices all over the world where I could have an office in Canada one in the United States one in Europe, one in Asia, and one in the Caribbean. By having personnel, aka troops on the ground, I have a global perspective. How is the economy in Europe versus how is it in Asia? How is the product or service being uh, received in the Caribbean or in Canada? And how can I make it better in the United States? These are elements that would give me a strategic advantage at half the cost of opening an office in, in on Madison Avenue in downtown New York. Life is eerily the same. I rather own a $600,000 home, cash money, paid for, zero debt. It's actually an asset it's in the asset class according to a Robert Kiyosaki not the mortgage not the safety of putting the money in the trust fund but the fact that if you had to liquidate you have something tangible that you can liquidate versus the perception of living in Beverly Hills in a five six million dollar home that I don't own or even worse financing you know, a five, six million dollar property that is smaller than any half a million dollar property in almost any city in the United States. Now, is the human being, is the person strong enough to accept reality and live in reality versus living in the perspective of success? In other words, I'll give you one more example. I'm an artist. I'm an underground artist. Somebody asked me last week, you know, would you ever be on Billboard or whatever? I said, well, if God wants it to be, I will have to be really, really lucky. Because as an independent artist, you always have the dream of selling millions and millions of records. But you also have to accept the reality that they, that may not be the case for me. Why? Because the industry spends millions of dollars to attain these these levels of success. Something that I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to put myself in debt and my family in debt to try to buy a number one record because I may feel that that's important. For me in real life and reality, that is not important. I'd rather make a million dollars in an independent company that belongs to me, the same comparison with the house, than have the perspective or the perception that I made $20 million and the record label writes you a check for $35,000. I would not be able to live with myself knowing that, you know, my career would be an illusion. You understand me? So it's kind of like the same thing in life, just in a different perspective. That's really what it boils down to. You know, once again, why would I go out of my means to live outside of my means? It may feel good temporarily, but long term, I know it's really harming me and it's really harming my retirement. Because it's limiting me 
to being able to travel and explore the world. It's tying me down to one thing. Even certain businesses, I don't like them because they don't give me freedom. And freedom is part of my happiness. I'm a creative person. I need to be able to express myself creatively. So it's no different from me even taking a corporate position, which I'm offered almost every month. I'm offered a corporate position. I'm like, I like the opportunity. I think it's cool as fuck, but I can't handle the headache. I don't want the pressure. I don't want the pain that is involved with that. You understand me? It's not worth it to make the extra money and then have the extra stress. The stress, there's no amount of money for me that could overcompensate. You know, the flexibility that I have now owning my own business and taking care of my own family, for me, is priceless. No amount of money is worth giving that up. You know, in my pursuit of happiness, happiness is my pursuit. It's not materialistic things. It's not accolades. It's not um, things that make society view a person in a different perspective. It's none of those things. It's true happiness. Because this is another element that I was sharing with my business partners. Everybody does not want a BMW. Everybody doesn't care about making millions of dollars. Everybody does not want the biggest house. They don't want to be the biggest man on campus. Everybody doesn't want to... um, partake in those things so everybody's not driven by that i'll give you an example you know when you see somebody i'll give you an example i seen this couple and i think it was a 1970 corvette convertible the car was sky blue sky blue interior factory everything husband and wife driving at five miles an hour i could see the lady's hat the lady's glasses and her scarf in my mind as if I saw her today because when I saw them driving by they reminded me of like a Coca-Cola poster you know of of the 1950s and 60s and 70s where the American dream was to drive the sports car of your dream whether it was a Mustang a Camaro Corvette a Porsche whatever it was a GTO a Roadrunner a Char a Charger Challenger whatever So, for some people, you'll see them in their home restoring their dream car. And that's what it's all about. Everybody in their society, in their families and friends, in their circles of of love, right? Their peers, they remember these people by those things. For some people, uh, I give you the example of Forrest Gump and his friend Bubba in the movie Forrest Gump. You know, all he, all Bubba wanted was a, sh- a shrimp boat, and to have a, a you know, a, a shrimping company. That was his dream. His dream was not to be world famous, or world influential, or world powerful, or world, you know, perceived as, you know, X Y Z. No, his dream was to have a shrimp boat. So I admire. Not only my business partners, but my mentors that are also retired, but obviously they're much older than me. I look up to them because they're teaching me about life. They're teaching me how to slow down. It's okay. I don't have to buy a new Lamborghini, even though I can easily afford one. 
not only because it doesn't have the emotional value that the one that I grew up as a kid that I wanted, that's the, that's the one that means the most to me. But it's not about what people perceive or think or say or do. It's about what it means to you, the individual. So I may buy a Lamborghini that you may think is ugly. You may think it's underpowered. You may think that it doesn't match up to the perspective or or the perception that a new one has. I don't even like the attention that I would get in one of the new ones. The new ones look like, I guess, origami. When you look at like Asian art, like Japanese art, the art origami, when you cut paper and you make it look like, like certain figures, I guess, that's what the new ones look like to me. They look like cheese graters, if, if I can describe it. They're, you could tell they're designed by mostly computers. And they're driven by mostly computers. So that um, that digital experience is not what I'm interested in. I like the analog experience. And um, although society may view it as that's not good enough, it doesn't matter because it's good enough for me. You know, I may be the 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 person in the neighborhood restoring a Corvette. And it may be the ugliest Corvette. It may be the one that nobody likes, but that's not what it's about. I give you another example with the, um, I think it's the 997 series of the 911 Turbo. You know, it has the headlights with the turning signals integrated, right? Everybody talks about about the headlights. But for some people, like myself, I remember when they were going for like 40 or 50,000 before the, the chip shortage, I wouldn't mind buying one of those is one of the most reliable 911 uh, Car- uh Carrera turbos that have ever been made they're the first water-cooled generation of Porsches they're great cars you know and yeah I would like something prior to that generation or even something after that generation but that's not a bad choice and we cannot allow society to dictate to us what is best for us because remember the materialistic things, the money, all the fancy stuff is a byproduct of success. Success is a byproduct of happiness because when you have happiness, you'll always attain success. And as a part of success, you'll always have the nuclear fallout of success. You'll always have those byproduct things. We find ourselves in a challenge obtaining goals in a longer spectrum of time when we focus on the on the symptom of the problem instead of the root cause of the problem being financially independent was the root cause of my challenges and my pains growing up that's something that i will never pass on to my children because my children will have the education they'll have the discipline they'll have that the know-how to create success by pursuing not pursuing money money is easy all the banks, and I'm always going to say this, all the banks are waiting for excellent entrepreneurs to have the best business plan to go there and convince them to give them a business loan so they can sit back and let an entrepreneur build a business and make them a profit in the process. So obtaining the money is easy. What you need, good credit, credentials, and to be responsible, right, and committed to your business plan to keep your word. That's it. That's the easy part. 
being creative, using your imagination, um, creating things that have not been invented. Maybe those things, again, like Eric Thomas says, maybe those things don't exist for you to create them. We are creators. So there's a reason for all of these things. The question is, do you know what that reason is? Do you understand? As a, as a recovering car collector, myself, I know the difference between a Honda and a Ferrari, yet I can appreciate both. Because our essence is in our uniqueness, and that uniqueness is found in our imagination. So I even did research about certain emotions that are triggered by certain actions, right? So once I realized that your brain does not know the difference between a Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, that that's all in your mind, for your brain is still the same amount of dopamine, the same amount of happiness, the same amount of endorphins that your, your natural body creates, your body doesn't know the difference. So nobody can tell you while you're driving a Honda or a Toyota or a Nissan or a Mitsubishi, nobody can convince you that that's not a Koenigsegg, a Pagani, or a fucking a Rimac. Nobody can convince you that that's not a, a, a Lamborghini, a Porsche, or a Ferrari. So once you understand that, you realize, wait a minute, society has convinced me that a V12 and 500 horsepower is the best. Who says that? There's four-cylinder engines, there's six-cylinder engines, there's ten-cylinder engines, there's eight-cylinder engines. You understand me? What has convinced you that the horse on a Mustang is any different from the horse in a Porsche or the horse in a Ferrari or the bull in a Lamborghini? We have been bamboozled to look at a, a C and a G and think that that's more valuable than an L and a V. Or N-I-K-E. You understand me? These are all letters of the alphabet. Placed in a certain order. And then brands were created around that idea. And it was drilled into the psyche of our people over generations. Oh, uh, this is not coarse hair. No, this is bad hair. Uh, this is good hair because it's straight. And coarse hair is bad hair. Who... Who sold us on this perspective? Who, who gave us this way of thinking? Right? Because you have to understand, and, I'm, and I always say this, the owners of Louis Vuitton Gucci, they don't wear that stuff. Warren Buffett, the richest man, or the, one of the most successful men in the, in the stock market, he doesn't wear that stuff. He doesn't drive a million-dollar car. So why should my focus be to drive a million dollar car what is not good enough about myself right what are they uh, promoting to us that we're not good enough unless we have the 40 million dollar mansion and the 5 million dollar car and the 15 million dollar jet and, and we need to be all over the world like all these celebrities and movie stars and 
who agreed to that? Who in their conscious mind said, you know what, this makes perfect sense. I really need to be, you know, in this elite club. Some people don't care about those things. We all know deep down inside that those things are not important. But we also have the power to choose how those things affect us. So my unique way of thinking is unique because it's creative. It's my creative expression. I think in car terms because I love cars. You know, I was raised to believe that the American dream was the beautiful house. Notice I didn't say the expensive house or the biggest house, the beautiful house and the beautiful sports car, the beautiful job or career and the beautiful family to match. Doesn't matter what the job or career is, doesn't matter how big or small the house is, uh, I mean the house is, it doesn't matter how fancy the car is or is not. You see, success is having the car. Success is being able to drive the car and enjoy the car. You know, some of those uh, exotic car owners, they don't even get to watch their own cars. They lost that in the process. They have to find a, a detailer to go to their homes and detail the car and whatever. And guess what? All cars have four tires. All of them drive on the same road. The speed limit is the same. They all get dirty. They all get scratched. The paint job doesn't last forever. It's not meant or it's not designed to last forever. That's not what it's about. A car is nothing more than a coffee machine. If you don't use a coffee machine, it doesn't work. What's the point of having a coffee machine if you never make coffee with it? What's the point of having 20 cars when you can only drive one at a time? That's just the reality. We never buy the Ferrari that we want the first time out. We buy the first one we can afford. And buying the car is always cheaper than keeping the car, than maintaining the car. Buying it is easy. Keeping it is hard. Maintaining it is hard. Especially when the world is trying to bombard you with all these different things. So I can definitely buy a Mustang and appreciate it as if it was a Lamborghini. Because my mind is able to expand and scale how big or small I need it to be to attain my goals, to reach my dreams. And you also have the same capacity. So I can have all the PhDs in the world. I can have all the degrees. I can learn about everything dealing with math, science, history, um, literature, whatever. But if I can't apply it to anything, it means nothing. You know, education is potential power. It's not necessarily power. So... I can do 20 different business ventures and still my podcast has granted me the opportunity to distill some of this knowledge into my viewership and my listeners and sharing it with you because the master always gets the greatest lesson. You know, you hear something new about life or perspective about business and you learn the lesson one time, unless you're like me and you, you listen it, you know, over and over and over till you learn it, right? Till you fully grasp the concept. 
But as the educator here, as the teacher, as your lecturer, as your business partner, your mentor, your mentee, as your friend, every time that I get to discuss these topics, I'm sharpening my, my skills because I'm reusing these skills. Now that I'm retired, my perspective on life is completely different. You know, people still ask me questions about business and they ask me questions about life. And why not share those things and help somebody find their way in life when I used to be no different than all of those people asking me questions? I knew I was coachable. I knew that I was humble enough to be manageable. I was always willing to learn because I was always willing to ask a question in the most humble way. And I know that there's more than a million ways to make an oatmeal cookie. Therefore, I wouldn't be afraid to ask you and I wouldn't be afraid to listen to you. If you taught me something, it doesn't matter if you're older or younger than me, um, had more influence, more power, it doesn't matter. I've had business partners that were younger than me and I learned from them and I taught them a great deal of things. So this is the gift that continues to give. Whatever you don't use, you lose. So as I'm exploring these concepts and these elements in my own personal life, I get to connect with you guys and share these concepts and as as much as I'm learning from them and you guys are learning from them, I'm learning from you guys as well. And I'm also learning from myself the fact that I'm even open enough, like open enough, I'm sorry, in my own mind, in my own perspective to learn. I'm not afraid to learn. I'm not afraid to make a mistake. Remember, I can always regain the money. That's the easy part. I always thought it was the opposite. I always thought, man, it's hard to 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 get millions of dollars to start a business. I started a billion dollar company and I was making seven dollars an hour. And I put no money down. I started a billion dollar company with a bad situation because my brother wouldn't give me a job. So I went and I started working for this other company. And I was making a little less than minimum wage. But I was working my ass off. And guess what? The hard work paid off because by the time I left the company, I was a business partner. And when I left the company, I owned about 10% of the company or 15% of the company. Like, I was 19 years old. (laughs) I did that shit in two or three years. You know how hard it is to do that in, in 2022? But I thank God that he put me in the situation where I could turn tragedy into triumph, where my test is my testimony. And the mess was my message. Everything Eric Thomas says, I can fully relate to it because I went through it myself and I'm going through it as we speak. These are all things that I never fully understood at the time, I guess, because I'm in the driver's seat, right? And I'm, I'm going through it myself, but it's an amazing thing. And I take it being a man of faith that God granted me an amazing opportunity. You see, not many people get to see a million dollars, let alone millions of dollars. Not many people get to obtain the millions, lose the millions and remake the millions. That's the, 
that's the hardest part. They don't tell you about that three-step process. You're always going to get it and lose it, but not everybody's able to gain it again and, and come back on top even stronger. I was able to do that at a very young age, so it kind of prepared me for the rest of my life. So when I faced more challenges, it gave me the battleground, right? It gave me the perspective to be able to deal with it. You know, there was one business venture where I had 25 employees. Sadly, it's a bad story because I lost 24 of them because of a bad business partner. But what I learned during that process has made all of the difference. I learned so much about life. Fuck the business part. I learned how to be a human being. I learned how to stand for certain values, right? I had a complaint with one of my business partners, you know, super religious person inside the church or when reading a Bible, but in business was cold hearted and fucking ruthless. I learned to stand up to that shit and say, you know what? I'm not doing that shit. I don't have employees no more. All I have is business partners. If you work, for me you don't work for me you work with me you work for your future for your success because i'm always going to give you the opportunity to buy into the business i need people that are a long-term investment what i'm focusing on is having the best group of people around me because that's where the happiness is you see people that are successful are the most humble down to earth coolest motherfuckers on the planet because they don't have to worry about the bottom line you know why because their focus is on surrounding themselves with the greatest group of people that they can they value friendships they value connections with people they value experiences i don't want to have a fucking garage full of shiny things You know, some people want fucking a sword collection. Well, I don't want all my swords to be fucking solid gold with diamonds on it. I don't want to have a fucking boat, a fishing boat, a fucking swamp boat, a fucking a bunch of jet skis and and shit like that. And and fucking mad sports cars. I don't want that shit. You know what I want is experiences. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to meet people. I want to talk to people. I want to walk the streets like everybody else. So if Italy has good pasta, I want to go taste it. I want to go experience it. If if France has good coffee and pastries, I want to go experience that. What What is that? How are the people in those countries? How do they walk? How do they talk? What do they do for fun? How can I understand their lecture? Now when I read a history book on France or Italy, or Spain, I understand it with a deeper perspective. So, who knows the plethora of things that I'm going to learn throughout that process. If I just have a fucking backyard full of materialistic shit, like somebody that, like, you ever seen those shows with the hoarders? They have, like, they don't just have one sports car, they have 50 of them, they're all going rotten. They're all fucking rusting to to destruction. Why? Because 
those people couldn't just focus on owning one and enjoying it. What good is for me to have a hundred cars in my collection if I cannot drive them? I didn't realize that at the time because I was young and I didn't know any better. Now I'm like, you know what? It's okay to own the $600,000 home instead of owning the perspective of owning the success of having a $20 million mansion. I know that it's better to own a $600,000 house than to finance a $15 million house. I know that it's better to make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year and have full happiness over having a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar income and having the fucking headache that comes with it and being financially irresponsible. I've learned that sometimes having good credit is better than having money in the bank if you can leverage that money and that credit towards a business that can produce all the success that you want. I know it's better to fucking open a business than to go buy a fucking Ferrari. Because the business can buy you the whole fucking collection and fleet of Ferraris. But the Ferrari is only going to lose value once you drive it off that parking lot. It took trial and error to understand that. It took victories and losses to understand that. I had to step out of my comfort zone and be willing to ask a question to fully understand the knowledge that was being bestowed upon me. You see, older people have all the shit figured out because they already went through it. So as young entrepreneurs, whether you're old or young, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you also have a life cycle, right? Why not go to the people that have been in business for so many years, when you have a question about your business, the answer they give you may not be one that you like, but it may be the answer that saves your business, that saves your dream, that saves your retirement. Why God has made it that way, I have no idea. Sometimes you walk into the library and somebody just happens to be talking about a book that may pertain to your situation that can help you in your business, can help you in your life. Why God makes it that way, I have no idea. It's hard to pick one book when you have a million of them at the library. But what are the chances that, let's say, your business needs to build credit. And somebody says, you know what, this is the best book to help you build credit for your business. There you go. That came from the divine. That didn't come from math or science. That didn't come from fucking chance. You understand me? That came from being on the right frequency of success. Why? Because life has a way of showing you what's really important. And your frequency may not be on fucking materialistic bullshit. It may just be on happiness. And as a byproduct, you have success. And then as a byproduct, you have all the fucking shiny things you can fill in the backyard that are going to rot to fucking waste that you can't take with you. When it's all said and done. That's the true perspective of the true reality. Are you willing to accept that? Or are you going to continue to run the same cycles. Chasing a fucking illusion. What we are taught and indoctrinated. To believe that is fucking important. Is not important. So once you realize that. 
once you fucking wake up and say, wait a minute, I've been chasing the wrong thing. Remember, every time you need money, you won't have it. As soon as you stop needing money, you will have boatloads of money. Why is it like that? I don't know. I've been in this journey as a serial entrepreneur, as a student of life, as an alumni of success, working so hard, developing all of these goals. Now, once again, because this is not the first time, once again, I've reached that goal and not the way that I wanted to, not the way that I planned it, the way that God wanted it to be. And I'm fucking mesmerized by the way that it has happened. And now that I no longer need to have that worry, I'm taking my time to reflect on it. Yeah, I'm online, you know, shopping for cars and houses. But, you know, you don't always get to do this in life. This is something you do very few times in life, right? Like, you know, once you have a house, you know, and you have a few of them, you know, that you've pretty much conquered that domain, right? So, this is a special moment in my life because I once again get to see this in a perspective that I can fully start to understand if I just slow the fuck down and observe the panorama and soak it all in. It's like when you go to Disneyland, right? First time you go to Disneyland, that shit is fucking huge. Well, then you go to Disney World. The fuck? Disneyland is like a fucking playground uh, compared to fucking Disney World. And sometimes you got to just sit the fuck down and just look around and say, oh my fucking Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this? You got to absorb it all and take it in. It's no different when you go to like a Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini dealership. Sometimes you don't want to speak to anybody. You just want to sit down. And absorb it. Take it all in. Walk around. Look at the cars. Look at the MSRP. See what they have on the floor. See what they have in the parking lot. No, I don't need help. I'm here for the coffee. I have a car in service. Just want to look around. You know, when you're in nature, let's say you're on a boat. You're on vacation. Sometimes you got to turn off the boat and just kind of let it coast a little bit. Put the anchor down. Look around. Maybe you want to fish. Maybe you want to swim. Maybe you just want to take pictures. But you got to take a fucking moment to understand when you are winning. I'm fucking light years ahead of my goals. I don't know how the fuck this happened. And I'm not here to question it. All I can say is, all right, God, what you want me to go through? I'm not in control, God. I'm not in control. Shit is not perfect. None of this happened how I dreamed it it would happen. None of this happened because of me. None of this happened my way. You made it that way. So now I need to be twice as careful and cautious with what I do, how I react to it. You know, so my family had has reached this uh, great success. Now what I want to do inside of me is just be supportive and even keep my distance from the situation. Like I'm happy that I don't have this worry. And that's what financial freedom does for you. That success 
comes with a peace of mind. And it's not, again, the money is the fucking last thing on my mind. Somebody with a small pension retirement and good financial sense and maybe decent credit lives an amazing life. And doesn't need 20 fucking million dollars in the motherfucking bank. I really am upset that for so many years, I didn't have the education, the filter, to recognize when the fucking universe is telling you on TV and on radio, you need this to be happy. It's like, you know what? If you ever seen that movie where the wrestler Roddy Roddy Piper puts on the magic glasses and he can see reality, right? It's like they find a way to hide the happiness, right? So when you look at the sports car, instead of the car branding the name of the model, it should just be quick happiness or instant gratification. So in the movies, they show you this perspective and life is like this and life is like that. That's just not reality, you know? And once you realize that all they're doing is hiding the word happiness, that's what they don't want you to realize your essence for. That's how they maintain their system to keep control over people. Oh, no, you you, you can no longer have this much happiness because we have the new 2022 model of, you know, instant gratification. You need to buy this instant gratification right now. Don't have discipline. Don't think about the future. Fuck that. Remain a slave to the system. Well, I say fuck that shit. Choose happiness, choose your future, choose yourself, and choose wisely. Do not allow yourself to be influenced by anything that is negative or detrimental to yourself. It's okay to say no. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to stop and look around every once in a while. There's things that I learned the hard way that I'm no longer willing to accept. You know, in business, I have a spiritual compass. I am religiously biased. I believe in living a righteous life and doing the right thing. I'm not going to work for a company that is full of tyrants. I'm not going to be in a hostile environment that's negative. I'm not going to be around negative-ass people. I don't give a fuck for what the reason is. I no longer have to do that. My kids are grown. You know, it was different when my kids were growing up. And sometimes out of necessity, like you have to keep a job because, you know, you have a family and stuff like that. Fuck that shit. I'd rather start my own business, fail miserably. I'd rather do anything that I need to do that's different than to be around negative ass fucking people. That's a standard I'm not willing to go below. I'm not willing to accept that and say, okay, I'm going to work in a miserable environment because I'm going to make more fucking money. Well, I don't need the fucking money that motherfucking bad if that's just going to cause ulcers and heart attacks and fucking health issues. What good is that? The fuck? I'm going to take the money with me? You're going to put that shit in my coffin? I don't think so. So it put a lot of things into perspective in my life about life. You know, what is truly important is happiness. It's the people that you love. It's the people that love you. It's the experiences that you're able to have. You know, nobody should be unhappy. You know, nobody should be miserable. Life is not about that. God didn't create humans to fucking suffer and go through things and have problems and drama and all that bullshit. Fuck that shit. 
I choose happiness. I choose life. I choose my kids. I choose my family. I don't care about everything else. Fuck it. You know, it's not what it's hyped up to be to have all these things which are not the root cause of our challenges and are not the 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 source of happiness. It's all a byproduct. And they feed us this backwards-ass system so they can stay in control. Fuck that shit. Two plus two equals four. Chase happiness. Happiness as a byproduct will create success. You'll always have money because you don't need it. You're not a slave to it. You're not driven by it. And as a byproduct of success, you have all of the other things that come with success. And the reason why you attain those things in a more fulfilling way is because your pursuit of happiness was about pursuing happiness. Thank you all for your time. That's all I got for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1. Welcome back home. This is what we do. May you conquer everything in your path. May everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me. And I know for a fact, it's going to happen to you.